Welcome to the Human Conversation Podcast with Jules White, the real dragon slayer, author and entrepreneur sales coach. Tune in weekly for human conversation about business and sales. Enjoy business expert interviews, educational episodes and virtual cuppers with entrepreneur business owners. So grab yourself a cuppa and enjoy. Here is your host, Jules White. So welcome to The Human Conversation. I've got a lovely man with me today who I have met, oh gosh, when did I meet you, Mike? I have to think, probably two years ago, I reckon. I think so. Sounds about right. I think so too. Mike Jennings, the chairman of the Jennings Group of Companies. There you go. What a fabulous introduction. (laughs) Welcome to The Human Conversation, Mike. Well, it's a delight to be here, Jules, and lovely to see you again. And lovely to see you too. And we've met on a, I think you could kind of call it a a speaker's mastermind was probably the best way to describe it, wasn't it? Yeah, training to be um, on stage speakers, I guess. I think you've had more success than me, a bit more focused than me, I think. With the pandemic, it kind of did die a bit of a death as well, Mike. But yeah, I think... You know, it's just, it was very much, I think, for me, the people I met on that journey, uh, there was a handful of people I've stayed in touch with who have been wonderful and fundamental to me continuing to grow. Yeah, totally Um, agree with you. Yeah, Yeah. and you were one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that the thing about networking, though, is um, any kind of group you go to, you you end up uh, connecting with some but not with others. Uh, And it's those connections which take you on your journey, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And we always talk about the fact that we connect usually because we share values, which is very interesting as that's something we're definitely going to talk about today. But let's start at the beginning, Mike. It's a great place to start. I always like to say to my guests, so what did you want to be when you left school, Mike? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I, 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 I never knew. Uh, and I, I, I would, I tell people now, I still don't really know what I want to be when I grow up, uh, and I, I, I think that's probably, I've come to the conclusion that's fairly normal. I mean, kids say, don't they? I want to be a fire. Well, back in my day, I want to be a fireman or whatever. Um, but I, I don't know. It, for me, it was always unclear. I kind of drifted into what I did. I was good at maths at school. Um, I was also quite a loner, um, both at school and at home and uh, used to wander around the fields. We lived on a farm, a poultry farm. We, we lived in quite a rural area just outside Oxford. And uh, so I used to roam the fields on my own with a dog. Uh, and, I, um, and at school, you know, I found it hard to um, make friends, really. Um, and, I, and I was initially, I was in the rebel crowd, you know, the, the people, the kids are used to do naughty things for a while. <laughs> I, can't, I can't imagine that, Mike. I can't imagine that. <laughs> There's a rebel in me, Jules, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I think it comes out in entrepreneurialism because I, I think entrepreneurs are rebels. You kind of have to be. You've got to be prepared to, um, I, I don't want to say break the rules, but I think, I hope you know what I mean. It's, um, rules are there um, to be followed to an extent. Um, but really, when you're on a clear purpose, Sometimes rules get in the way, uh, and as long as you're not hurting anybody, just do what, do the necessary. That's what I always think. So yeah. breaking the rules is part and parcel of 
my life. I'm not afraid to do that. And I think that's true of most entrepreneurial people. Uh, they, entrepreneurs like change. Um, and if you like change, then fear change. Um, and the people that fear change are the ones who want their lives to be the same all the time. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't want that. I don't like that. It's such a good point, isn't it, really, this whole fear thing and, and this fear of change thing, you know. And I think I'm like you, is I've, I've probably always just been, I think curiosity drives me wanting to do things differently. Yeah, absolutely. Curiosity is top of the list, really. Yeah. What, what's all that about? And why? Why does it work like that? Yeah, and why are you doing it like that? Because you could yeah. think of doing it like this. <laughs> Have you thought about and, and actually, you know, we're getting ahead of ourselves a bit here, Jules, but actually... It's the thing that I think I can do most for my staff, my team, is to help them to become more curious, um, to help them to think outside the box, I suppose people would say. Yeah. I don't like that term really, but um, to think things differently, not just to do the same thing as everybody else. Just because it's always been done that way, why are you carrying on doing it that way? Yeah. Think for yourself and start to look at other ways what way it might be quicker, what might suit you better, your style better, and do it your way. And, and hopefully that fits in, but don't be afraid to do that. And it's amazing the success we've had at Jennings with um, the way people have grown in self-confidence and self-esteem and self-belief just through the process of encouraging them to step outside of their comfort zone. And, of course, when you do that, um, they become more uh, innovative people. Uh, and they become, you, you can extend your trust more to them. They let them get on with it. Mm. Um, and you can, it just frees everybody up. Mm. It's where freedom comes from in, in the business sense. Don't control your people by managing them. Free them up by leading them. That's, that's how I look at it. I love what you've just talked about there because, you know, it just resonates with me. It makes me feel excited, you know, that we could help people to think that way and just that freedom you know of, of yeah. thinking, as you say outside the box I know we don't necessarily love that phrase but it's that's where the fear is the fear is outside the box for most people and so us being able to kind of um, I guess inspire people to step outside yeah. that box is where yeah. as you say people become more innovative it's that safe space that you yeah. create I think for your people where they say well actually no idea is a stupid idea because we're, you know, we're very conscious aren't we oh some people will think that's silly yes. so then we don't go and do it and yet it could be the most wonderful thing but there's lots of nuances that relate to that Jill so um, you can only first of all we all put ourselves in boxes based on our childhood yes. I think Yes. That's why childhood is so important. What happened in your childhood is so important. And when I do one-to-ones with my team, which I have done every six months, I meet them all on the one-to-one. And we talk about that kind of stuff in an open and confidential conversation. And um, it's fascinating. And, and people put themselves in these boxes because um, it, 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 they feel comfortable in those um, parameters, within those parameters. And sometimes it's, you can't get them outside of it. You know, no matter how much you try, you can only encourage people and make the offer, but you can't make someone move outside of their box. If they want to stay in it, you can't do anything about it, I think. Um, And you either accept those people for who they are and love them just as much, but accept them doing what they do and and happy with it, 
um, or if it doesn't fit in with the way your business is operating, then they have to go and you help them find something else which more which suits them better. Yeah, we, we try to shy away from making people redundant, but I, I think it's a really important part of the growth of a business that you have the people on board that you are comfortable with, share your values, that are motivated in the same way, um, share your purpose, I suppose. Um, and those that aren't, do the best to help them. But if they, if they can't work, then they're better suited somewhere else than with you. Yeah, and I think um, there's the other part of that is that they will actually be happier because, you know, we have happy yeah. place, don't we? And, and, we? and we've experienced that a number of times, actually. Those, those who generally people ch- have chosen to leave us and we always keep in contact with them and, and they, they will see happy where they are. The other thing that's, that's important is the way that your, you and your managers are operating. So someone can't step outside of their comfort zone if you don't make it a comfortable place for them to do so. Mm. And this is the fear of failure, isn't it? So uh, making it acceptable for people to make mistakes. Um, So I do that very simply by saying, you know, someone comes to me and says, oh, I've made a mistake. And I'll say, well, you think that's a mistake? You should see some of the ones I've made. And and then talk to them about some of the mistakes I've made, which has cost a lot of money. Because we're we're all, none of us are immune no, from making mistakes. It makes you very human, Mike, doesn't it? To be able to say something like that. I think that's how we learn by making mistakes, ultimately. Yeah, and if you're not making mistakes, you're not trying hard enough. No, no, quite. Well, look, I want to just, I mean, I love what we're talking about here. It's just such great content, isn't it? So rich. But I want to, well, it's okay. (laughs) That's what the human conversation is all about, you see, Mike. It's up to me now to bring us back on track. So I guess what I want, if I'm thinking for the listeners, so this is great. We've now got a piece of of who Mike is and how he thinks, which is awesome. That's up front. But what is the Jennings group of companies? You know, because we need to get to the bottom of actually, what is it that you do there, guys? Well, let me just go back to what I was doing. So at school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so I, I just chatted to my dad about it. And, and I went, I did the A-levels. And then I went, I went to university, but drifted into doing business management. I have a degree, but I don't rate it very highly because I didn't work very hard for it. And that's another important fact, I think, is the harder you work for something, the more you value it. Value right? it, yeah, mm. yeah. And I don't value my degree. And then, I, and then I didn't know what to do after that. So I drifted into accountancy. Uh, and I trained and became a chartered accountant. But then when I realised it, I, when, I re- when I qualified, I realised that I didn't really like accountancy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was thinking, well, I want to go into business and how do I do that? Because I don't have any skills, just numbers. Um, so I went into, uh, lo- I went and worked for a local company. And then I moved to another one, a building company. And then my dad asked me if I'd help him on the farm, which by then was he was converted buildings for business use. And so the main Jennings business is a, a property company and it's a, a, um, a business park where we have converted what were poultry sheds, uh, concrete construction buildings, into small workshops for startup and, and early stage businesses. Wonderful. And that became um, how I started working and understanding the smaller businesses. I mean, a lot of the companies I dealt with when I was an accountant were small businesses, uh, local businesses as well. Um, so I learned, everywhere you go, you learn something, I think. And, and I don't regret any of my life because I've learned all the way along. And each part has been important to where I've got to now. Um, so, and I, and I think 
I'd like to think that most people would look back on their lives and think the same. You know, you are where you are because of the experiences you've gone through. Yeah. And whatever that might be, personal or or work work life. I, I feel the same and I always say never look back only to see how far you have come. You know, and, and I feel yeah. like that's such a good mantra for me because some of the stuff I went through and I'm sure you even, you know, on this level will have gone through painful stuff stuff around loss you know we all have really when we get to this time in life we've often experienced those things and for me if I dwell if I was to dwell on that it would feel probably a a vulnerable and morbid place but actually if I dwell on how I then came out the back of that then it's it's much more inspiring you know to me and I I think it's about looking at the here and now uh, and the future not looking at the past. You know, I've often thought about this. I, I, I've never been one for taking photographs. Or if I have taken them, I never look at them. And I, and I kind of think, well, maybe that's because I'm not interested in what's happened. Or I'm interested in what's next, what's yeah. to come. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I have to yeah. say, I, I love the photos where I can look 10 years ago and then I look at today and I go, oh, you don't look too bad, Jules, for 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. They're good, well, they're good go. photos. Yeah. <laughs> so look, um, you've got this kind of, um, I suppose, a business park. Would you call it a business park? Yeah. Yes. These businesses are, um, what type of businesses? Small businesses, primarily. So typically between three and 25 employees, that kind of size. When we started, when my father started converting them, each unit was 1,500 square feet, uh, which is quite small. Uh, and they were workshops, definitely workshops. And, and most of our tenants are still in that kind of size unit or, or a bit bigger. Um, and they are definitely workshops and kind of niche manufacturing, I suppose you would say. And it's amazing what they make. There's a massive variety in, uh, on the park of some foods, some, some IT services, um, people making things, all sorts. They can get most things done there. There's nearly 100 tenants. So there's quite a lot of companies on the site. Um, and well, what I realized very early on, and it's partly what my, the way my father operated, we're farmers. And we, we like the environment and we like people. And my father used to um, sit with the tenants and just chat with them about how tough it is running a business. And they loved it. And I carried on doing the same kind of thing um, because it just seemed like a natural thing to do. And we built a business. Well, he, he passed away in 1995. So I took the business on. I hadn't been working with him long, but I learned quite the basics of it from him, I suppose. And then it just followed my intuition. And um, it's interestingly, you know, the the next couple of years I didn't do very much. But after that, I was putting up buildings and developing every year. We were developing new buildings for 20 years. And and so I grew the park into something quite quite large in the end. and we had a team until recently with the COVID, until recently 15 people running it. Um, and I taught my team that um, it's running a business park is about building the community. And we're working with relationships, not with property. Property is not where the money comes from. The money comes from the people, not the property. And I maintain that all property businesses have got it wrong. <laughs> and I've been saying this for a long time, but no one's believing me. But I'm still saying it, yeah. um, that it's not about square footage and price per square foot and reversionary interest and dilapidations. That's all 
by the by, the, the key, key thing is, do you, do you get on with the people? Do you like the people you're working with? Um, someone said to me once, um, how do you, do you get references for your tenants? And I say, well, kind of. I look them in the eye and shake their hand. <laughs> and that's it. That's my reference point. And I've taught my team to do the same thing. Um, and if you feel you're working with someone who shares your values, whether that's team members or customers and indeed suppliers, then you're building a rapport and a relationship and ultimately a community of like-minded people. And oh my goodness, when that happens, Jules, the business just zings along. It's so easy. In a business where most property companies don't like working with small business owners because there's too many of them, there's not enough profit, we make it, we do it easily. Yeah. Uh, and one of the ways of doing it is I never take on anyone who has any background in property. Yeah. So what people now would say, attitude over aptitude, you can learn about the property. I always say to my team, there's only, there's only one thing you need to know about property. Well, they go, what's that? Where's the water coming from? <laughs> That's, That's it. Great. That's all you need to know. That's great, isn't it? But Mike, I have to say, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of your philosophy and your thoughts about how you do business. And you talked about, you know, the people side, the relationship side, and it's not yep. the property, it's the people. And my message in sales, as you know, it's actually not about the revenue and targets, it's about the people. So people yes. equals revenue. Absolutely. It's always been my my philosophy. Yeah. Live even, it, love it. Yeah, live exactly. it, love it, sell it. Yeah. And, and even when I was taught to do it differently, time and time again, <laughs> relentlessly, yeah. I still went out and thought, no, I'll do it like this. <laughs> you know, um, and so I think we are totally aligned. You know, I've always thought we were aligned when I first met you, but just listening to you, it, it's just cementing it all the time. We think the same. It's funny how you can tell quite quickly whether someone shares your values, yeah. you know, and that's true of us and a few others on that course. You tend to carry on the connections with the people that you connect with easily. Yeah, very um, nice. And, the, of course, the opposite way, as I, as I say in the book, the opposite way is um, where someone does or says something that, you think oh, that's a bit odd it's because they've trampled on your values in some way yeah. and if you can work out what that is that has um, upset you or dislodged you in some way you can work out what value it is that's 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 created that um that angst or that problem um and then you don't have to associate with people like that you, you, no. you can if you want but why make your life hard well, also, also, I always say you can't sell to everybody or you shouldn't sell to everybody, no. really. You know, that's not the aim of the game here. And it's the same in life, I think, that whole connection piece. Now, you've mentioned a book, right? So this brings me beautifully into... Well, I just wanted to say one thing about selling. Yes. <laughs> before you go on to the book. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Here he is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving this in. I'm not cutting it out. I promise. <laughs> because I... It, my way of selling on the park, and I accept this is a bit different and a bit, and partly it's predicated on the fact that we have a limited amount of space that we can sell when it's full. It's we don't want loads of people looking for space. The reason we don't want loads of people for looking for space is because it's upsetting to disappoint people that they can't move in. And I've always felt that, and my team are now telling me that as well, which is lovely. Mm. Um, so what we do is we, we present the offer 
and say, well, here, here's this is what is available. Um, and um, if you want it, then then come. It's it's not there's no there's no promotion with the, with what we do. We don't try and, and sell to anyone. We want people to come to us and then we talk about it. And it's the enthusiasm, the, the love, the love it part of your book. You know, the, the love it part, which is the, the real key. Because if you can be enthusiastic about your product, in our case, a building. Yeah. Um, it's not really the building. It's about the it's way the we operate. It's the community. That it's you're... the community. And yeah. it's the support they get. And we want them to trust us um, because we're not going to do anything to abuse that, that relationship. Um, and once they get that, they want to come on board. So our property managers are people people. Uh, isn't it, again, you know, another story comes to my mind where when I was at a venue, I worked at a venue for five years, there was a guy on reception and he was just fabulous. I mean, that was the best word for him fabulous and he was charismatic he connected to the customers they loved him and I said to the MD at the time I said I want him in sales and he said he's in the reception team he's these receptionists I said I want him in sales what sales experiences he had none except on reception you know and and honestly there was no belief in me for wanting him in my team I got him in my team he was one of my best salespeople. He is still in that team now at that same venue and in a more senior position. Brilliant. And, that, and that's, that, that's what it's about. And listen to you talking about it. You're so excited. I right? know. Because that, isn't that one of the most fulfilling things about being um, working for yourself or for someone else is what you can do for other people. Yeah. And the journey you can help them on, it's not about money. It's about how they are progressing with their life. You know, it was this whole win-win thing, really, because yeah. obviously he got that opportunity for his career, but equally our customers needed him. You know, yeah. it, was, it yeah. was fabulous. That's why I'm excited about it, because it's if you get it right, is everybody wins in it, I think. so. Do you remember, do you remember the, the mastermind group? We all had to do a talk, 10-minute talk, yeah. or five-minute talk, and mine was on three receptionists. Yes. You remember? Yes. And um, it was about how those how they started and how over a period of just a few years they'd moved on. Still receptionists, but they were doing so many different things. They'd come out of their shells and they had become beautiful people yeah. as well. Yeah. And, the, and the enjoyment for me of seeing that happen was immense. And, and, I'm, and I'm not alone with it. I know it's not just you and me, Jules. I've met many of my friends. I've asked them the same question. What do you enjoy most about it? And it, it all usually comes back to the fact that they've helped so many people in their lives yeah. and to grow uh, their personalities and their, their, their self-belief yeah. um, through the medium of employment. Yeah. And, I, and that, to me, is one of the most important things about employing people. So, look, let's talk about the book. Okay. Um, did you always think you would be an author? No. No, me. <laughs> no. No, of course not. It wasn't on my plan at all, really. It almost happened by accident, you know. So. People kept saying to me, you should write a book. And um, I had some time. I'd started, uh, I had um, transferred, no, what's the right way of putting it? I had decided that I'd had enough. I'd been doing it long enough, running the business. 
and I asked my commercial director if he would like to become the MD, the chief exec, and I would become chairman. And he asked me to stay on as finance director as well. And um, initially I was there supporting and helping him. Um, and after a couple of years of that, he was getting on with it and he, with the team were referring to him. Uh, and we built a, a board so that he could re report to the board, not to me. Um, and that freed me up with some time. And thought, I thought it would be a good idea to write something, a story, not about so much the companies, but about values and purpose and principles. Um, and so the book talks about one purpose. Our purpose is, and the purpose is the why. Why, why are you doing it? Not, most people make the mistake of when they think about their purpose, they will specify the what. I want to know what drives you, what motivates you, what gets you up in the morning every day excited to go to work that's where the why that's the purpose and our purpose um, is to create an environment where people can feel valued okay, that, that's the, how we set the purpose for the whole group of companies there's a couple of other businesses now as well as the, as the main business part and um, then the values um, which are things like courtesy and basically about respect it's a people people thing and then the principles add a lot of weight to the values and they're things like marketing by attraction rather than promotion yes. is one of the principles. Yeah. And, it's, and it's a guidance for my team to be able to, to say to them, look, these are the kind of things you need to be thinking about and the ways of operating that work for us and fit within the values. Um, so I wrote it for the team. I wrote it for my family and I wrote it for me primarily. And I, I hope that for other people in, you know, who run smaller businesses, it might be a bit of a guidance for them. Yes, I, I, I loved it. Um, I'm holding the book up now. Uh, so you need to go and watch YouTube, basically, so you can see me and Mike and our beautiful faces. But equally, this is Mike's book, and it's called Valuable. And he, it says, how a values-enabled culture can inspire you to sustainable profit. Right, sustainability, sustainable. Talk to me about that, Mike. Well, my view of profit is that we should never consider it an objective. My view of profit now is that, um, and I didn't think this to start with, don't forget I trained as an accountant. So as yeah. I say, I, I, spent, I spent four years training as an accountant and 40 years untraining myself. Yeah, you were on the dark side of it. <laughs> <laughs> I rebalanced my life. That's, that's oh, by the way, if my accountant's listening, I love you. He's amazing. <laughs> I love my accountants. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sorry, you were saying. Um, so, yeah, I, so I used to think it was all about growth and profit. Um, and for the first 10 years, that's what I did. But I knew that underneath all that, there was all this relationship stuff, which was so much more complicated, so much more um, unknown. I didn't know what I was doing. But yet it was there. And, and I love just talking to my tenants. And I used to wander around the park and, Accountancy is not about relationships, and except relationships with numbers. Um, so it was a whole new world for me. Um, but I've come to the conclusion now that um, it's not about profit anymore. It's about people, uh, and it's about how you work with people. And that's what, that's what makes it. Uh, and profit is an outcome yes. of, of doing your job well. And, yes. and you're doing it because you're, you know, you're working with people and building relationships. Yeah, I love this so much, Mike. This is just 
for me, this is everything that I want to hear businesses about. You know, I love that. Well, it, it fundamentally comes down, I think, to two things. All businesses come down to two things. One is um, passion or purpose. Same thing. Yeah. Where is your passion? Is somewhere in your your purpose is somewhere in your passion, and uh, if you can find that and you can uh, identify it, and then if you can communicate it, that is gold dust for anyone in business. Because most people, I think, I, I in my experience, don't really know what that is. The key things are freedom and purpose or passion, and then when you can work those out and understand what your um, those two concepts, profit becomes an outcome of doing those things well yeah. not an objective anymore it's an outcome and for most of us we want to have sufficient financial income so that we're financially sustainable yes right? so this is back to sustainability i'm not particularly bothered about whether i make a million pounds next year or fifty thousand next year you know as long as i've got enough to cover my basics and a little bit more for a nice holiday or something then I'm okay with that. And I think most people are like that, Jules, aren't they? I don't, do we really, what are you going to do with a million pounds? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because when I walked out of the Dragon's Den recording, Mike, we were put in the back of a black cab to go home. That was literally how it happened. And I sat with my, who was my husband at the time, and I looked at him and I said, we might be millionaires. And I remember that was the first thing I said to him. Now, in hindsight, sitting here today talking to you, I'm a bit like, I don't care about that anymore. And yeah. I think what happened for me is it was almost that, um, I think it was what people thought the dream was. Yeah. yeah. But having gone through all of the loss involved in my journey, then actually coming out the other side of it, I realized actually what mattered to me, what was really valuable to me. Mm. And so I now I feel exactly how you just described um, and, and so my journey changed me, I would say, if I'm honest. It's quite a challenge saying that, though, isn't it, Jules? Yeah. Because yeah. most people would say, what are you talking about? Of course you want to be a millionaire. You know, and the reality is people aren't, most people aren't going to get there. Or maybe they might on paper or maybe not. But and does it really matter? Does it make you any happier? No. How many happy millionaires <laughs> do you know? Yeah. yeah. I think that's the thing, isn't it? I think people look to it to to be that happy pill. Um, and, you know, yes, of course, perhaps you'll be able to do more things more quickly. However, is that really that deep fulfillment? And for me now, happiness is about the fact that I run this really fabulous small business, Mike. Mm. It doesn't make that much money, really. Honestly, it doesn't. But it makes enough for me to be able to still do this which yeah. is the bit that makes me really happy, you know? Actually, you, what you've got is your freedom. Yeah. And you've got your purpose. Um, and you've got enough people around who are who, who want what you've got, you know, who, who, are, who you can sell to, I yeah. suppose. Um, and it, it's something which can, de- which can develop. But it doesn't have to mean that, you know, you're going to expand the business to something huge. And this is a mistake, I think, that a lot of people in the, business support bureaucracies tend to think they they want to pump their money the public money not their money public money into what they've in the past used to call gazelles you know the companies that now unicorns i think the companies that are going to make loads of money as though it's something better there's something better about them and, and there isn't you know and and the quicker we get off this uh, stupid um 
carousel of it's always about growth it's always about money the better in my view it's not it's about people's lives yeah yeah i agree i think what's really lovely about how you described the business park you know in the earlier part of the conversation was that the whole diversity in there of all of these people doing different things but these small businesses who are passionate about what they do you know they I suspect they all have this purpose don't they Mike so just um coming sort of to to the conclusion of our chat unfortunately Mike because I I I know I don't like that but I want to ask a couple of things before we go the first thing I guess is if I was listening to this now because right now we are still in pandemic um and you know hoping that we're coming out of the end at some point but we're in it still um, I'd be thinking, well, this is uh, workshops and offices and what happened to Mike's business in pandemic? And I thought that might be an interesting question to see mm. how you approached all of these lockdowns, things. What happened for you guys? We are fortunate, I think, in a number of ways. First of all, we're outside of Oxford. Oxford's a good area. Oxfordshire generally is a good area. But we're outside of the main city in a rural area. So the rural area is good from the pandemic point of view, um, I, I believe. And um, because they're small businesses, they're owner managed, and people who are owner managed uh, are able to adapt and change quickly. So they could find markets quickly. And a, a couple of them, at least a couple, if not more, started working quite quickly into the PPE market. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's saved them. Um, and I mean, it's, there's so many stories. I haven't got time to tell you them all. We've lost maybe one or two tenants from the workshops out of you know um, 60 or 70. In, in the offices, say uh, 30 or so in the offices, I think we've lost two or three and one or two have reduced in size. Some tenants have not been able to pay their rent. And again, we've had this in previous recessions. Um, so my team will go and talk to them and find out their situation. And I... I say to my team as I've always done if a tenant can't pay the rent we let it go for a period of time and hope they can catch up later but we we give them the time uh, because we understand the cash flow constraints of running a business but we also want to talk to them and see what they're doing Um, and if ultimately the business fails and we lose three or four months rent well heck they've lost a lot more than we have yeah so hand on heart there's no way i'd go knocking on their door or asking them for money when they're in the worst possible place they can ever be with the grief of having lost their business so we just take the hit um we haven't had any of those this time but but do you not think in some recep- respects it's because of everything you've done beforehand is why well, you haven't had that we've built there's there's a great loyalty and, and again we've noticed this in the past i've noticed this in the past that they will do their best to pay the rent rather than paying other things, yeah. other, you know, other suppliers. Yeah. Um, not because they're afraid of us, but because they appreciate what we've done for them in the past. And that loyalty is gold dust. You can't buy it. You know, that, that comes with a long experience. And our tenants mostly have been with us a long, long time. Yeah. You know, some over 30 years, but a lot over 10 years. Uh, you know, for me, all of this kind of just speaks volumes as to how you've built this business you know and what's happened to you in pandemic is a real reflection of how you create these relationships I love it so much so what's next for Mike because I I know that you've kind of stepped away to be chairman obviously you know that's moved you a little bit 
further away from, you know, the day-to-day. What is next for Mike? Well, you know, um, speaking, public speaking, yes. was always my greatest fear in my life. <laughs> and that stemmed from school days when I joined a debating society and I hated it. And I stood up once and I read a piece. Um, I read it all out and I got marked down for reading it out. I'd never do that now. But um, uh, but it, from that, I, was so, I felt so bad because of that. that though I, I didn't, I avoided public speaking from that point onwards. And I thought, when I became chairman, I thought, okay, now I've got to do this. I stopped saying no when people asked me. Yay! And uh, <laughs> I've done a hundred talks now. And awesome. And, it, and it's um, and I, I actually like doing it now. Um, and I try not to prepare too much. You, I'm sure you do the same thing. I'm the same. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe three key points, and then just stand up and just talk about it. The non-exec directors in my company um, f- think that I ought, I should work towards becoming an amb- the ambassador for the company, an ambassador for the company. They know that um, I am very well known in Oxfordshire um, and uh, and I'm well known not for the, bar- the park, but for the way we do business. Yeah. And this is something that I need to be, I feel I need to be going out more talking about. I don't think there's anything unusual about what we do, but other people seem to think it's quite unusual. Uh, and I'm really happy to go out and do that. So I've learned very well how to listen and not fix people's problems but just allow them to work it out for themselves help them work it out for themselves and I want to do more of that I think um not as a former mentor but maybe in a sort of consultancy role as an ambassador for the company and it's promoting the value and importance of the small business owner you're perfect for it Mike you want, you really are you know you think about yeah, everything you. you've done and everything you've learned you know and the journey you've been on it's brilliant. People are going to be so excited to be able to tap into all of that wonderful knowledge. So well, I'd love it if anyone's listening to this and wants to get in contact with me to talk about that sort of stuff. I'd love that. I'd yeah. I'd really be delighted to have that. So um, We'll put some links in the bottom yeah, thank um, you. so that people can contact yeah. you. Definitely. I always do that, Mike. You know, yeah. that's so important. So where can they get this book then, Mike? So it's available on Amazon. Um, and include there as well on Kindle, but I haven't yet got round to putting it onto Audible. Sorry, <laughs> that's okay. I mean, I did mine, didn't I? You might remember I did my audio book and I read it myself. And I think one of the most important things I think is that you do read the book. Okay, uh, that's why I bought this microphone. <laughs> I think often we want to hear the author read the book, you know, because that immerses us even more doesn't it into the book people like me who don't like amazon the other place they can buy the book from is um mikejennings.biz the website mikejennings.biz and we'll put that link in as well so everybody can get it so i want one one final thought from you mike what do you want to leave the listeners with um in terms of uh, advice i suppose what's that one thing you'd say to them Oh, my goodness. You didn't let me know that in advance, did you? No, well, there's no point. There's no point because then it won't come from the heart, will it? <laughs> well, in terms of coronavirus, all things pass. Yes. Um, in terms of uh, those people that are running businesses, um, uh, really think about the purpose, why you're doing what you're doing, and, and the importance of the freedom. Just dwell on that. Mm-hmm. Think, worry less about the profit. 
but think long-term about where you're going and why you're doing what you're doing and the value of the freedom of it. You know, nothing in life is easy, really, when you look at it. And so don't even think about that part of it. One step at a time, but let's get that kind of search for what really makes you happy and what your purpose is, your real purpose, the why, that then I think leads you to really actually discovery. And, and the other thing, of course, is to talk to someone about it, someone like you or me or the number of coaches we know um, yeah. who are, can be excellent at helping people uncover what their life is really about. Yeah, yeah. Great advice, great words. And great talking to you, Mike. Great talking to you, Jules. Yeah, thank you so much. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed meeting my lovely friend, Mike, on the podcast and our human conversation, which I think has explored some really interesting things about small business, community, values, purpose, all those lovely things I believe in. Thank you, Mike. And if you've enjoyed this podcast, then please like and even leave a comment on the platform where you've listened we're on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher soundcloud and you can see us on youtube join us again next time for the human conversation ta-ta for now you've just been listening to the human conversation podcast with jules white to find out more about the other work that jules does please visit her website www.liveitloveitsellit.co.uk and if you enjoyed the podcast then please do leave a rating and review on the platform you use to enjoy her show thanks for listening and see you next time